2: As the BGSU Coaches Caravan hits its final stops, we'll talk men's basketball with head coach Michael Huger on this edition of the Ziggy Cast. This is the BGSU Ziggy Cast from Learfield, your home for Falcons updates, interviews, previews, and highlights. Now, here is your host, Todd Walker. Welcome into episode 21 of the BGSU Ziggy Cast. As the Coach's Caravan will make its final two stops today and tomorrow, as this drops on Wednesday, May 22. Tonight, we'll be at the Silver Spring House in Cincinnati, and tomorrow, we will be at the Soulshine Tavern and Kitchen in New Albany. So, if you are in those areas, uh, feel free to stop by. No need to register or any of that. We'd love to have you come by and mingle with other Falcons and hear from some of our coaches, including head football coach Scott Leffler, also hockey coach Ty Eigner, men's basketball assistant coach Anthony Stacey with us on this particular leg of the caravan as Coach Huger was unable to come, but Stace will fill in very well, and women's basketball coach Robin Fralick on these two stops as well on the coach's caravan. Again, that's tonight and tomorrow night. In Cincinnati and Columbus, as this drops on Wednesday, May 22, and in the midst of the coach's caravan last week, I was able to sit down with men's basketball coach Michael Huger. Joined by Coach Huger now on the Ziggy Cast to talk in men's basketball. Of course, uh, not that far in the rearview mirror, the men completed a fine season that saw them move into the upper echelon of the mid-american conference in fact making the championship game in the tournament after finishing third in the regular season standings overall uh, coach obviously uh, in the off season, you guys are focused on next season now but i, I do want to reflect a bit on a on a, a campaign that we hope is the the beginning of an ascension to being a contender every year and I know you, in order to get to that point you got to have a season where you start to do it and that's kind of what it felt like is, is that how you see it looking back now
1: oh yes this is definitely a building block for our program uh, you gotta put yourselves in a position to win I thought we did that uh, every night we put ourselves in a position to win uh, we played extremely hard. It was something that was in the making for the past three years. And uh, to see it finally happen is something that, that's special. And uh, we have a lot of guys returning. we got 10 guys returning. Uh, we signed some key pieces. So uh, you, you want to see what's the next step. You know, we got so close this year to making the NCAA tournament and winning the MAC championship. And, you know, that's our ultimate goal. And now that we see uh, it's, it's, it's right there for the taking, uh, I think our guys are that much more hungry to, to get back to work and, and
2: be there next year and win it. Yeah, take me back to that night at the Q. You guys played Buffalo. You had to lead in the second half. Ultimately, the Bulls do win. Uh, gauge for us the, the impact it had on your guys to know that, that they were that close. Did you notice that night that it took a loss a lot harder than uh, any other loss, probably.
1: Oh yeah, it was definitely the the hardest loss of the season. Uh, it was something that we fought for all year long, and uh, to finally get to that position to to win a MAC championship, uh, just those those last I would say eight minutes of the game is when it was kind of back and forth, back and forth. And uh, I just remember getting down to four and looking up. Uh, I think Perkins had had picked up his technical foul, and I think we were down two or so at that time, and uh, he got ejected. From the game with that fifth foul, and uh, I just thought like that was the change in the game. That was the momentum lift for us, and uh, it was a bit of a spark, and then you know Harris. Harris went to work. Harris just just really took over the game at that point, and uh, not only creating shots for himself, but for for his teammates. So he did a great job of of willing his team to victory. But it's also a team that has been there before. They knew what it what it took to win that game, and you saw that at the end. Those guys had more experience of, of being in big games and uh, you know that was really you know one of our first opportunities to be in a game like that with that significance and um, you know it just showed Harris was really good in Buffalo all, all credit goes to Buffalo they did a great job and you know that's how it is but when you have 10 guys returning they understand they remember and now they know what that feels like to lose such a game and uh, I think we want more.
2: Coach, again, before we focus on the future in your offseason and preparations and that sort of thing, uh, you had a couple of uh, key seniors and and three seniors overall. Of course, DiMaggio Wiggins, Antoine Lillard, Jeff Uju, who uh, now have moved on. But uh, when you look back on uh, especially DiMaggio and Antoine, guys that you brought in that were your original recruits that played four years and have sort of gotten you to this point, uh, the the mark that they've left on your program will be lasting.
1: Oh, the the mark that they left, that's our first graduating class, and DiMaggio and Antoine our our first full class. And, um, you know, both those guys are 1,000-point scorers and, and uh, DiMaggio with 1,000 rebounds as well. So when you can leave that type of impact in uh, knowing that uh, it wasn't a mistake when you took those guys as freshmen, you know, when we took DiMaggio out of Springfield, Everyone laughed at us, like you know, you got to be kidding. This kid is terrible, and he turns out to be a thousand-point scorer, a thousand-point rebounder. I mean, that's something that's special, and and you know, help us win as many games as he did. It, it was it was huge the impact that he had on Bowling Green basketball. And you take a kid like Antoine Lillard late, and everyone said he's a trouble kid, he's this, he's that, and now he's about to graduate, and he's also a thousand-point scorer. So uh, when you when you take guys like that and can build your program around good character kids and uh, kids that will willing to listen and make us better as a program you know is only is only you know going up from here and they were a big part of of everything that we've done
2: well now let's look forward uh, as you mentioned 10 guys coming back uh, most notably uh, Justin Turner who you know for my money was the second best player in his league last year and uh, that's just given a lot of respect to C.J. Massenburg but I think Justin may have even outplayed him at times How much of a leadership role, though, now does he need to take? Now that you've had some seniors move on, he's coming into his junior year, he's always been a leader by example, but maybe this year we might see him a little more demonstratively leading?
1: Uh, it's already showing in practice and things like that. Uh, uh, Justin Turner and Daquan Plowden are the ones that are stepping up and taking that leadership role. And uh, when you have your, your, your two hardest playing guys as the leaders, uh, mostly everything falls into place after that. So uh, those guys have already stepped up. He's been more vocal, uh, and and that's the biggest thing. He's more vocal with his teammates right now and in a positive way. And it's the same with Daquan Plowden. When you got those two guys having each other's back. Uh, You know, everybody's falling in line and falling into place. So that's been special
2: to see. Justin is one of those guys that has been really leading by example. And and I think last year your team sort of had a metamorphosis, and, and really he's kind of forced it. You would talk about how when we're on the road he would go to the gym and shoot the night before and things like this. You know, These are things that not all the guys always do. But when Justin started doing it, it sort of, almost forced, almost shame the other guys into stepping up, right?
1: It was a trickle down effect yeah. uh, when Justin started doing it, then you get Daquan doing it and then you get DiMaggio doing it and Antoine and then next thing you know, you got basically almost a whole team going over the night before to get shots up and that's that's the effect that he has on our team and that's the impact that he has on our team and it's been it's been special to see him grow into that role, you know, it was hard to, to kind of force that on him as a freshman, even last year it was hard to force it onto him because I knew he was more of the the laid back leader not saying much and you know kind of letting his teammates do you know what what he felt was best but uh, now he understands and knows what he wants and he wants to take everybody along for this ride and I'm willing to get on
2: no doubt about that his uh, I guess main running mate in the backcourt of course Dylan Fry will also be back Uh, we saw Dylan have a little bit of a different role last year sort of running the point for you but Boy, it just seemed as the season got in the latter stages, he really sort of put everything together. Uh, Did you see that later in the season where really he saw everything a lot better and expect a big senior year here? I expect
1: a really big senior year for Dylan Fry. Um, You know, he felt slated in some type of way and, and, and... not making any of the first team, second team, third team, or honorable mention, you know, not getting any of those for the year that he had as a junior, Um, you know, it's something that's always, you know, difficult and on the back of his mind and understanding that he's on a mission. And he looks really good in practice and workouts and everything. He looks good shooting the ball extremely well. Uh, last year was the first year of having the ball in his hands for a, a full year, and uh, as he got more comfortable, he played better and better each game. He single-handedly won a couple of those games for us as well in the MAC tournament. He had a great, great run at the MAC tournament, and um, I expect to have have a great year. And he's 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 ready to go physically. Gotten bigger and stronger and uh, able to take the hits and finish around the baskets. And now he's even that much stronger and bigger than he was, you know, the the previous year. So I expect to have a great year for for a senior year and, you know, not to put any extra pressure on himself, just go out there and have fun.
2: And you talked about Daquan Plowden, and we started to see a little bit of evolution in his game. All those shots he was getting up because shots started going in more consistently in the game from longer distances. He's starting to become a proficient three-point shooter. And I'm guessing with his athleticism, if you can get him to where that scouting report says we can't just leave him alone out there, now people got problem containing him. Is that how you see it?
1: Yes, they're going to have a problem with him. He's gotten bigger and stronger. He's about 210 pounds now, Um, physical specimen, jumps out the gym, uh, just measured his vertical uh, the other day, 34-inch vertical leap uh so he he's he's off the chart athlete and um you know shooting the ball extremely well he had a great uh postseason uh workout and Uh, is able to shoot the ball extremely well from three and now he's putting that together with his drives and now ball handling he's doing a great job handling the ball and uh, getting the way he wants to go without turning the ball over so he's done a great job of of, of getting better each year so I expect him to take that next step this year and now he's even better on the low block as well so you'll see a little bit more of him on the low block as well.
2: Coach I think a lot of folks sort of expected you guys might go with a, a, a grad transfer or a juco big man because you lost DiMaggio, you lost Jeff, and Tyler Matos is still here but sort of uh, green. A freshman played some last year. Uh, you decided not to do that. Uh, that tells me you've got some confidence in, in Taylor Matos. Talk about that situation.
1: Uh, it's Taylor Matos and Janiah Gatson. Both guys are, are battling right now for that for that starting spot, uh, doing a great job. And, and um, the, it wasn't that they couldn't play. It's when you have 1,000 points and 1,000 rebounds out there. It's hard to take them off the court. And that's, that's really what it boiled down to, is not that they weren't ready to play or any of that stuff. It was just those guys were just so much better at that particular stage, that it was hard to take him or Jeff off the court, for that matter. Jeff Jeff Uju did a great job of being the backup center and rebounding and defending and bringing us that energy that we needed off the bench. Uh, just those other guys weren't quite ready for that type of role. And when you got a big guy like I said, a thousand and a thousand, it's hard to take him off the court. But in watching these guys in the the postseason workouts, they look very good. Both of them look good. Uh, Both are physically bigger and stronger. Uh, They do things that DiMaggio didn't do. So they bring a different element. Uh, I wouldn't say that they're the scorer or the rebounder that DiMaggio was at this stage. Can they be capable of that? Yes. I think, you know, they can be capable of getting those numbers combined for sure. And um You know the the biggest thing, just Dimaggio was so good. You know, but it took him a while. It took him a while to get to that level of of where he was, where he was a problem out there on the court. And I think these guys will be the same way. It'll take them a minute. They'll come off probably slow, and then uh, once they find their way on the court, I think they'll be fine. And I'm happy with those guys.
2: Coach, also as uh, you look ahead to this next year, uh, I saw just a couple weeks ago you guys. Uh, announced that Justin Turner is going to go through the the NBA process like DiMaggio did last year uh, to be evaluated for possibly being drafted and all that. It's it can be a real learning experience for the player. Uh, what's the timeline for that for Justin, and what do you think he's going to get out of this?
1: Well, uh, the timeline is he already put his name in the draft. Uh, he already has uh, a couple workouts lined up that he'll go to um he has to have his name out of the draft by May 29th so he have up until that point they're allowed to sign with an agent uh right now and um uh, once he sign- you know does that and if he doesn't stay in the draft he's back a free agent again so he doesn't have to stick with the agent that he signed with or any of that stuff so uh they 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 worked it a little bit differently and he wanted to test the waters he wanted to see where he stood and um you know how he compares with uh other guys that's that that want to be nba guys and uh knowing the things that he needs to work on and those are the things that you know we've been working on already in the summer and he looks much better now he wants to see it against outside competition so there's nothing wrong with that um, you know, if it doesn't work out, if he's not a first rounder and hmm. then he'll come back to school for his next year and then we'll go from there.
2: The talk last year is that it really paid to or served to motivate DiMaggio and showed him some things that he could improve on. And he, he really took it to heart. I, I got to imagine Justin will too is that sort of what you expect to happen from all that oh yeah he,
1: he's definitely will take it to heart and understand what he needs to work on to get better and be in the NBA and um, you know he'll come in and he'll work that much harder and he still you know be a great teammate in the process and not let that distract him in any way or form I don't think and Um, you know the biggest thing is not being distracted and have a like an NBA goal and not a team goal you know it's still at the end of the day uh, we sat down and talked and he told me you know when this is over I'm, I'm I'm back to work coach. I'm back in business. We got to win a MAC championship. Mm-hmm. So that made me feel good about going through the process and knowing what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it. So I'm extremely excited for him, for him to have this opportunity. I've uh, been doing everything I can and making calls to these NBA guys. I know quite a few of them and I uh, was able to help him get a couple workouts. And, you know, that's what it's about.
2: Coach, with uh, looking ahead in mind, let's look ahead to some guys that you have signed this year as recruits. One that won't be able to play right away is a big man, Dylan Swingle, who is an Ohio kid who went to Duquesne, signed there with Coach Dambrot, But for whatever reason, that's not worked out. So he's coming here. I know a lot of people liked him coming out of high school. And he's not going to be able to play this year. But you've got not a finished product, but a product that's uh, in process here. What about Dylan Swingle uh, told you you needed to have him
1: um uh, dylan swingle is a kid that i uh, recruited out of high school uh, paint valley high school and, and um i liked him out of high school i, I really liked the way he played He's big soft hands 6,11, 300 pounds and um able to move you know he, mm. he can move he's not the regular 300 pounds you know he's probably down to about 290 right now and uh just trying to keep him that way and keep him in shape and i, I just love his footwork uh, his skill set, very high IQ, uh, able to rebound the ball at a high clip, and he's going to be a problem down there for a lot of guys. So I, I like the way he moves. It's a situation where, you know, you get a transfer. You never know how any of this stuff is going to work out. And um, I'm just excited for the opportunity to coach him for the next several years and uh, see what we can do. Um, I think, you know, with his skill set, I think he, we can develop him into a special player.
2: Coach, also you had a junior college transfer that's coming in. uh Trey Diggs, three-point guy is from everything we see, but obviously you like that shooting ability. That's his number one attribute. Um, I wouldn't
1: say that. He, he's an extremely good shooter, and um, but he also can put the ball on the floor. He's also really good at driving and creating high IQ, um, and he's very good on the low block. He's a very good low post scorer. So it was a lot of things that, you know, wasn't really utilized at, at the junior college level for him. Uh, he was really more of a shooter with those guys. But once I saw him and got a chance to, to really evaluate him and see different things, different aspects of his game, uh, he was very good at it, all of it. And he's a great rebounder for his size. He got great size on him, about six six about 215 so he's a he's a big three man uh very good in pick and roll so i'm excited to to get him over here and, and be able to work with him but the the thing he's known for is his shooting ability so he'll be able to stretch the floor and he has range for days he has nba range on his jump shot so i uh, think guys would be surprised on where he shoots from and, and with the efficiency that he shoots the ball so i'm excited about trey
2: And a couple of freshmen coming in that will be able to play right away, not transfers or junior college guys. But uh, Davin Ziegler out of Benedictine in Cleveland. uh, Seems to me I've not seen him play in person, but kind of a big guard, pretty polished. Uh, Give us a scout on him.
1: Uh, Dav's about uh, 6'2", very athletic. I mean, he jumps out the gym. He's very good in the ball screen. Very good defender. Shoots the ball well. It doesn't look pretty, but it goes in. And that's all that matters at the end of the day, that the shot goes yeah. in. And uh, great finisher. He's probably one of the best finishers around the basket that, you know, as a point guard that I've seen. So um, I'm excited once again to get him on campus and see what we can do with him. Uh, has great size on him for a freshman already. He's pretty strong and um I'm just he's crack quick he's probably one of the quicker players and you know we have guys like uh Caleb Fields and, and Daquan Plowden who are very athletic and run the floor extremely well he'll be up there with those guys so expect to see him next year in the brown and orange
2: game in the dunk mm-hmm. contest <laughs> that's great and then uh Chandler Turner from the same high school as Justin Turner but not related to Justin Turner but we like the connection. He's really good too, right? He's
1: very good. Six, 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 seven, long arms, shoot the ball extremely well. Uh, high IQ uh, the theme here is high IQ guys we got a lot of guys with with high IQs and you know the four that we got coming in all have high IQ so uh, the sky's the limit for those guys but Chandler can move the ball can shoot the ball very good posting up very good ball handler um, can defend uh, skilled skilled very skilled so he can play some point as well at 6-7 so uh, I'm just excited to see what we can do with him as well and uh, you know just have an opportunity to coach guys like this is where you build your program and you know from the success that we've had, you bring in guys like this to keep everything going.
2: Big thanks to Coach Huger for joining me on the latest edition of the Ziggy Cast and stay tuned throughout the summer we will have more episodes of the Ziggy cast coming up. Who knows what we'll come up with? We ask you to rate, subscribe, review this podcast wherever you download it from. That'll help us spread the word and get better coverage out there on the world wide web. So be sure to do that and do us a solid with the Ziggy Cast. Stay tuned for another episode coming soon. Until then, this is Todd Walker saying, I Ziggy Zumba. Thanks for listening to the BGSU Ziggy Cast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen.
0: The preceding has been a Learfield presentation.